You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Motivation means nothing. Your own action becomes your inspiration and you become your own motivation. Luck means nothing. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Hello, and Welcome to another episode of the Ricky Long Podcast. I believe this is episode number 61. Um, thank you so much for listening to all of my podcasts so far. And let me first of all start by apologising for there being a, a gap between the last podcast, which I, I did with Tim, which got absolutely amazing reviews. If you haven't listened to it, please go and uh, listen to that. Um, it's become, I think it's now in the top five, might even be top three by now, of downloads I've had uh, for a single episode. Uh, so Tim Meadows, a nutrition expert, and we're talking all about all things Les Mills and nutrition. And uh, yeah, the, re the reason why there's been a big gap between podcasts is because I don't like you anymore. No, the reason why there has been a big gap is I've literally had so much on and for those that follow me on social media know I like to really differentiate and make sure I'm being productive rather than busy and some things just had to get put to the side and unfortunately this this podcast was kind of one of them. Um, if I'm honest with myself was probably badly organized and I should have preempted how busy the end of October and November were going to be and I should have maybe done some stock episodes. Um but truthfully, um I'm glad I've had a break. Um I've listened to a lot of podcasts in that time. And yeah I'm ready to get get back on the wagon. Um and this is this is it. This is me on the wagon and we're gonna start episode number 61 right now as always sponsored by Podium for Sport Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year 2018 and Podium for Sport are sponsoring Ricky Long to do the Ironman Lanzarote in May 2020 um, so big shout out to Podium for Sport for all the support that you give me if you're listening to this podcast um, please go on to Podium for Sport give them a little follow give them a little comment on their Facebook page, on their Instagram page, and they're also big on Twitter as well. I'm, I'm getting into my Twitter game right now. I'm starting to be consistent on Twitter. Um, you know, being like persistent rather than you know perfect. Uh, it's a, a little saying I like. You know, when you're trying to get on your social media, it's it's better to be, you know, there rather than trying to worry about being perfect. I'm doing the same on TikTok, by the way. <laughs> and uh, just a quick shout out for those interested. The Christmas Jumper Shred has officially started. It started on November 11th. Um, I am still able to take people on as long as you come on before the 15th of November. So this podcast is going to go out on the 12th of November. You're still able to do it if you give me a message and uh, that is before November 15th. I suppose I better tell you what the Christmas Jumper Shred is. It's a six-week program where I'm going to get people absolutely shredded before 
Christmas. Now, what does shredded actually mean? It means you're going to get fat loss, you're going to do some training, which will hopefully start to develop mobility, start to develop, you know, a little bit of lean muscle. Um, but more importantly, I'm going to educate you on how you can continue to get your fat loss, continue to build muscle according to your goals. Um, so that has started on the 11th of November. Um, as long as you contact me before November 15th, you and I can have a call and see what is the best plan of action to get you started. And let's just let's just have no bones about it here. Let me just tell you the price so as you know exactly how much it is and what you get for it. It is 95 English pounds for that. You get my support, Lindsay's support, Heather's support. You're going to get up to 10 workouts per week. You're going to get daily contact in our private Facebook group. You're going to get a private login area on my website, which gives you all the education you need. And then on the Facebook group, well, let's be honest, in the Facebook group, we'll just have a lot of crack and a lot of chat. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that was a sponsor or whether that was just a plug for my own training program. But if this is after November 15th, 2019, um, just ignore all of that because it's closed. <laughs> right, this episode is all about my learnings from doing my first marathon. So on November the 10th, 2019, I completed my first marathon. A marathon, for those that don't know, is 26 miles, which is 42 kilometers. And I decided I was doing this marathon less than six weeks ago. I actually checked before I did this podcast and the marathon was booked on the 2nd of October. Um, so much less than six weeks, actually, probably uh, in and around five weeks. And never mind this being my first marathon. This was my good friend and fellow running partner and founder of the Heavy Endurance Athletes Association. This was Roy O'Connor's fifth marathon of his life, of the year. And Roy O'Connor has, like I said, he's done five marathons. Think about this, five marathons. That is over 100 miles worth of marathons and you're going to hear me chat throughout the podcast about you know having support networks in and around you and Rory was a massive support for me both in the build-up for this and on the run itself and afterwards when we had several beers and dissected the whole thing and this podcast was basically written. Um, now Rory is doing his runs for a very special pod, a very special cause and he's doing it primarily Les Mills Fund for Children I'm going to link his uh, fundraising pages in the show notes in this. And I'm going to read you directly from his bio in his fundraising pages. Uh, so it's my story. I've signed up to run a number of half and full marathons, including Limerick, Dublin, Dingle, now Strathclyde. <laughs> I'm fundraising for both Our Ladies Children's Hospital, Crumlin, and the Dublin Down Syndrome Centre in association with Les Mills Fund for Children. Our Ladies Children Hospital Crumlin provides excellent healthcare to children from all over Ireland every day, together with their charity partners, the Children's Medical Research Foundation. They endeavour to provide patients with life-changing treatment, improving the quality of life for patients and their families. Rory Shures, CMRF Crumlin's core belief that every sick child deserves every chance he wants little patients to have the best possible outcomes through access to world-class research, equipment and treatments when they become ill. Each year at least, well, each year at least 120,000 children 
attend Crumlin for critical care and support. Rory's niece and many friends and family member children have received care through Crumlin, so he holds this charity very close to his heart. CMRF Crumlin, together with donors and partners, fund initiatives, research equipment and projects with three main aims, saving young lives by funding critical research and equipment, supporting small victories every day for children living with illness or improving their quality of life, creating brighter days for sick children and their families by funding comforts through their Giggle Fund and enhancing their environment. The Down Syndrome Centre opened in 2014 with the aim of addressing the increased cuts on lack of accessibility relevant services. Children with Down Syndrome, its mission is to provide service and facilities to enable children with Down Syndrome to have the same opportunities in life as their peers, to feel included in society and to enable them to research their able to research their full potential. <laughs> its core ethos embraces positivity. They strive to create a brighter future where children with Down syndrome are able to reach their potential and live as independent and fulfilling lives as possible. Lesmo's Fund for Children has been inspiring children to lead active lives since 2014 through grants to projects providing children with opportunities to take part in activities, improve their health and well-being and create healthy lifestyles. LMFC supports a wide range of projects that encourage children to be more active, build their confidence and independence through sport and create healthier lifestyles. Through targeted grant giving, they support various projects which work with children aged 0 to 16 to promote and encourage healthy lifestyles and active lives. And this one's personally from Rory. As a fitness professional, he may be quote unquote fit individual. However, the task of running a marathon is incredibly challenging and certainly not we what you would class as a world-class runner. So if you would like to support Rory in this journey, please donate by using the Give Now button. And what's really, really nice is throughout this year, Rory has raised over 1,100 English pounds. Not sure what that translates into euros. So he's raised 1,128 pounds. It would be amazing if uh, if you had a couple of quid spare, you could go and Give Now. Um, you know, you're going to hear me speak very much in this podcast about my personal journey and my reasons for doing it. Rory's reason for doing it are equally as strong, but could not be more different to mine. And you know, just reading that gives you a, a real insight into Rory's motivation for doing his fifth marathon of the year. I know he's big plans for twenty twenty in terms of marathons, of which I'm not going to. I think that's for, for another episode, another time. I'll maybe get Rory on this third episode. Um. So yeah, if you can go over to Rory's page, I'll put the links in this and you can just, you know, connect with Rory and if you do have a couple of quid to give, that would be fantastic. And then a special thank you from me to Rory for coming over to Scotland for two nights. We had great chats, we had great beers, we had great pizzas and we had a great marathon. Rory coming in in a time of four hours and ten minutes with me supporting him from behind in a time of four hours and 52 minutes. Um, for those that know me, know I'm not big into running, I don't enjoy running, I don't get uh, a kick out of running the same way I would with, say, teaching a body pump class or doing a weights workout on the gym floor or, you know, my swimming as well. So running is not what I am famous for. Running is not my go-to I want to enjoy my training today. Let's go run. Um, so I want to kind of share my learnings from doing that. I've got, got about seven written down in front of me. 
and I'll probably jump in and out of them. So here goes. Pain is temporary. By the way, none of these are in order. Pain is temporary. It may last a minute, an hour, a day, or a year, but eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. If I quit, that lasts forever. That is a Lance Armstrong quote. Say what you like about Lance Armstrong. Plenty of people have. Um, it's it's a great quote and there's a, a lot of weight and meaning behind it. And it's very right. Pain is temporary. So when, you, when you're doing something endurance related, physically endurance related, you're going to go through pain. You're going to go through hardship. I wanted to feel that. I wanted to feel the physical pain. I wanted to lean into that with my with my mind and push my body well outside my, my comfort zone. Um, knowing fine rightly the pain I was going to feel during the run, after the run, and you know, in the days after the run as well, and um, that will subside. So if you've ever had a you know a good hard workout in the gym, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that pain you get, it's, it's you know it's it's always temporary, but quitting will last forever. So let me tell you a little bit about the Strathclyde Marathon, Strathclyde Lake Lock. Um, I'm looking looking at my medal right now, Strathclyde Lock. It's called. Um, it was seven laps of this lock, so it's a six-kilometer loop, and it's seven laps of it. Um, so in theory, like you could stop. You have the choice to stop every six kilometers. Um, but like I said, that, that would last that would last forever. If you've told people you're doing it, you then have to turn around to those people and say, no, no, I quit because it was too sore. Um, but worse than that, I could actually deal with that. Um you could you could lie there. You could, you know, tell people, you know, you got injured, you could tell people you weren't feeling well, whatever it might be. But you'd always know in your head that that's not true and, you know, you actually, you just quit. Um, so I think that's very important to remember whenever you're doing something physical. That the pain, the, the hardship, the physical hardship that you're feeling at that moment is temporary. But the mental hardship of quitting would actually last forever. Um, point number two, support means more than you think. Anything is possible when you have the right people there to support you. Um, so there, there's two parts of this support I, I want to, to talk about. Is So th this marathon for me was part of the process, which I'm going to come on to uh, later on down the list here. This marathon for me was part of the process. The end goal is the Ironman in May 2020, which finishes with a marathon. So th this marathon for me was just, I just needed to, to tick the box. So I didn't, I probably didn't appreciate what a big deal running a marathon is for a lot of people. Again, I'm going to talk about that later on. Um, but when I was running around this marathon, it's quite a lonely marathon. You know, if you've seen the Chicago, New York, Edinburgh, London marathons, and you see the hundreds of thousands of people who line the streets. Listen, Strathclyde wasn't like that. There was probably only 60, 70 people doing the marathon itself. And you were running around this path and there's people just having a normal Sunday morning out walking dogs and kids, you know, real nice family days. Um, so they didn't care that a marathon was on. In fact, they probably were annoyed because there was runners actually, uh, you know, running past them. Um, and ruining their, their walk. Um, but it was when I was going around lap three. 
maybe it was lap four. Uh, I can't I can't quite remember when it was, but that's when a few of my friends appeared at the the start finish line, um, just to cheer me on. And when I say a few, like I literally am talking a few. There was at this point Emma was there, her friend Charlotte who I met for the first time, literally on that run. Uh, that was the first time we went round, and then the next time we went round, Bryony was there. Bryony and Megan were there at the same time, and then I knew every time I went round, the rest of that, all four of them would be there, which was a really. I underestimated. I didn't know how nice that would be. Like it gives you that little adrenaline kick. I would say, seeing them and just hearing them say "well done," hearing them say "keep going, Ricky." Give me an extra kind of spring on the step, maybe for the next kilometer, you know, the next 10 minutes, whatever it might have been at that point, um, which is really, really, I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I know you guys are listening to that. So thank you for that. And this is to everyone who is either doing some, you know, endurance challenge, make sure you get your support team around you. Um and encourage them to come and support you in the in the process, in the training days, where, you know, on the events themselves. Um, and then the other side of that, if you know someone who is going and, you know, doing a marathon, doing a 10K run, a 5K run, doing a park run on a Saturday morning, go and give them your support because you would be amazed at how much it actually helps that person. And the second part of this support is for Lindsay. So Lindsay couldn't make the marathon, which is I was totally fine with, because the marathon, as I'll talk about later on, the marathon wasn't the big deal for me. The Ironman is the big deal. This marathon was part of the process. I just needed to get around. Lindsay couldn't make it, um, but in the week up to it, Lindsay really looked after me. She was constantly making sure I was eating enough food. Um, she probably cooked a little bit more than normal just to make sure I was eating the right food, you know, did some extra food prep, um, which I really, really appreciated. And like this was going on from, so the marathon was a Sunday, this was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. She was really constantly asking, you know, about food that I'd eaten that week, sleep, what I was doing in the gym to make sure Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I wasn't overdoing it. Um, so that support, I look back on it now, I probably didn't appreciate it at the time, meant a lot more sorry, means a lot more than I actually thought it would. Um, so my message to everyone who has supported me is thank you. Does mean a lot. I will pay you back in, you know, sarcastic comments. I'm joking. It does mean a lot. And my other message is if you know someone who is doing endurance sports, or it doesn't even have to be endurance sports, you know, just anything that is testing, give them your support. It means more than you think. All right, so I'm going to jump down my list here. On the, the it's uh, just a, a point down, which I kind of just want to, to go into because I've touched on it. Um, the week's prep before is everything because it's just about finishing. You know, two really, really famous preparation quotes uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance and fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So let me paint you the picture I've said at the start of this podcast that I'm not a runner having a cup of tea. That's cool, that was right. I'm not a runner. Don't enjoy running. Prior to this, I, in the month of October, the start of October and the end of October, I did two 13 kilometer, sorry, two 
13 mile runs, so two half marathons. I did three 5k runs. I did a 15k run. And that was it. And they were all scattered between September and October. I really have not run. No, I did the I did the sprint triathlon, which was a 5k with no training, but I haven't run the whole year. I got a knee injury in January through my, my own fault, uh, bouncing around the trampoline, which has been spoke about on podcasts before. And I got quite a bad knee injury. So I avoid running. I avoid impact. I won't teach on a regular basis a grip cardio or a grip plyo class um, because my knees just don't have the stability for that anymore. Um, so anyway, fast forward, straight lines in October, running in straight lines. I kind of built myself up to two and a half hours running. That's how long one of the those half marathons took me. And I know that because of my physical strength, which I've built up over the last 10, 15 years from teaching group exercise classes. I mean, I've probably done, you know, one body pump class every week for the last 10 years. Some of those weeks I've maybe done five body pump classes. And you might think, where's the correlation between body pump and running? Well, it's strength endurance and it's conditioning your muscles to actually keep firing, keep contracting eccentrically and concentrically for a period of time so I knew I had that kind of endurance strength in me I just needed to lean in and see how much I actually had so it became about the the week building up so the the three main things I did in the week building up to the race which race (laughs) lol run which was on the Sunday is sleep I needed to make sure I was getting better sleep and higher quality sleep so I have my bedtime, half 10, 11 o'clock, and instead of getting up at 5 a.m. most mornings, which I normally do, I extended that to 6.37, which meant the few things about my work suffered, i.e. not being able to do podcasts, um, and it meant I wasn't getting maybe as much done by 11 o'clock in the morning as I normally do. That was extended to about one. Fine. So the first thing I adjusted was my sleep, because all that matters this weekend was finishing the marathon. That's all I need to do. The week's prep. You're not going to get fitter in that week leading up to the event. You're not going to suddenly run, be able to run a 50 kilometer, you know, kind of six kilometer per hour pace. No, no. It was all about that week's prep. So the second thing I did was nutrition. I made sure I was getting my proteins in and I binged on fruit and veg, you know, high energy foods, high fiber foods. Um, probably had a little bit more than I needed, but you know what? I feel it really serving well. It gave me a lot of energy the whole week. And having more veg in my life, actually, I, re- I really felt good about it. You know, I had less foggy brain thoughts. I had more, you know, cognitive thinking. I was sleeping better. Um, and then this leads me on the third point. Um, I trained in the gym Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I didn't go super intense, but I, I lifted heavy. Um within the workouts that I was doing and I didn't push it you know I maybe went there about an 8 out of 10 intensity I actually believe because I was having better sleep and because I was having better content of vitamins and minerals through veg I actually recovered a lot better from that um so I think there's a lot to be said for having more plant-based foods in your diet 
And then the, the third thing was what I did on Friday and Saturday in the gym. So on Friday, I literally went for a walk in the gym and did some mobility exercises, got my ankles and my knees and my hips moving. And then on Saturday morning, I did two kilometer run on the treadmill. Um, no one find rightly on Sunday, the big day, all I had to do was extend that two kilometers by 21. <laughs> yeah, multiply that by 21. Um, then on the morning of the, the race itself, it was up at 5 a.m. Porridge, protein, honey, uh, some some other fruit. And there was bananas. Um, then I think I just had an apple. And then literally 10 minutes before the race started, it was getting another banana into me as well. And then as I went around the race, I just made sure I was having constant, you know, every every hour I was having electrolytes pumped into me, pumped into me, just the little gels that you can get. Um, so the message there is the week's preparation pr was probably everything because you can't change anything that week. It's just about finishing. Just prepare that week. Next one, being uncomfortable makes you grow if you want the change you must get uncomfortable so i've read the self-development books i've read the quotes on social media i've been the quotes on social media i've done the coaching for my my clients and everyone who are coming to contact and we always talk about you know the saying um you know, get uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Nothing happens in the comfort zone. You need to get into the discomfort zone or whatever the quotes are. And there's a lot of truth in it, but they mean absolutely fuck all unless you start to take action. And this is part of my action. This is part of my process. I want to, to lean into that hardship. You know, some people, some people get a kick out of, you know, maybe education and push themselves academically and, you know, following PhD after PhD, reading educational, going to seminars and doing qualifications and learning languages. And that's fantastic. That doesn't do it for me. I've found really in the last kind of six months, it's, it's pushing my mind into my body and seeing what I can and can't do. You know, go back to the swim that I did in September where it was, you know, the 10K swim. And, you know, I compare that to the marathon, which I shouldn't do. It's two completely different sports. But what was very, very similar is that you've got to lean into that discomfort. You've got to you've got to embrace that pain and then you've quickly got to, well, okay, there's no point in thinking about that pain. I've got to think about something else. So when I was doing the run, um, I, f I found that my Achilles and my calves were starting to seize up. So yeah, this is probably around about the 30K mark, surprise, surprise. So I had to start running with my hip flexors and really think about lifting my knees up and then... You know, I quickly found that my hip flexors were starting to fatigue really, really fast. So I have to think about something else. But the point is, if you think about any of these injuries, injuries, you think about any of these things, they will expand. What you think about expands. So you've got to put your minds in other places. You've got to, you've got to find that discomfort. You've got to embrace it. And then you've got to move on. So my challenge to you listening to this is how comfortable are you in your life right now? And when are you uncomfortable? And what can you do to make those uncomfortable moments help you grow as a person? Maybe it's having that conversation with someone, that awkward conversation with someone that could be someone at work, that could be a partner, that could be a potential new partner, you know, going up and asking that person to have that drink, have that, you know, go out on a date. It could be going and doing the 
finishing your education and whatever that might be. It could be running a marathon. It could be doing the park run for the first time. You've got to start being uncomfortable rather than comfortable. Because it's when your life gets comfortable, you get into that safe zone, you get into your ruts, you get set in your ways, you stop growing. You must grow. You must grow. Whatever that looks like for you. If it's one page of a book every day, read that fucking book. If it's running on a call, uh, a kilometer on the treadmill every day, then go and do it. If you make that your rule, I hate running. So I could eat. I know if I'm uncomfortable, if I do the things that I'm uncomfortable, it helps me grow as a person. Because when you know you can put yourself through the hardship, when you know you've done the hard things, the, the rest of the day becomes easy. So an example you could do is I hate running. I'm going to run one kilometer every day at the end of my gym session or the start of my gym session because by definition everything I do the rest of the day becomes easier. Get uncomfortable and the easy things in life become easier. So let me take you uh, through on to the next one. Uh, so next one is talking to yourself works. You will never speak to anyone more than you speak to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be hard on yourself. You believe what you hear. Tell yourself what you need, what not what you want. So to talk about it in marathon land, about hitting the wall, I'm not really sure I hit a big, massive, oh fuck, there's a wall I can't move anymore. Um, so I, I use the Apple Watch feature and it gives you splits of laps. So I could see right up until lap 23, every kilometer I was doing was in about 6 minutes 10, 6 minutes 20 seconds. It was quite a steady pace. And then... From there on, there was nothing under seven minutes. So there was a lot of seven minutes, and there was 5K in a row, which was eight minutes per kilometer or higher. Now, I suppose that's a version of the wall. And it also poses the question about fitness and pacing. So if I did the first 23 kilometers, averaging under seven minutes per kilometers, and then I did the next 20 kilometers or 19 kilometers rather, and I couldn't get under seven minutes. It poses the question, did I go off too fast? And should I have tried to run maybe six minute 40 kilometers? Or is it just when I was at 23 kilometers, that was about two and a half hours. Is that just the end of my kind of, that's what I trained to. So that's what my body was used to moving to. So the pace didn't actually matter. That was just kind of where it was in terms of you can run for two and a half hours in your normal style, but after that, you are you know you're you're running out. You're running out of juice. You know the the battery is showing uh, low battery mode. Um, so it's an interesting question. I've kind of I've, I've thought about it a lot. Did I go off too fast, or would the speed not have mattered at all had I gone a little bit slower? Would I still have hit that? kind of from six minute 30 kphs in the seven interesting question suppose we'll never know until i do the next one <laughs> but i never actually felt that i can't move anymore i never actually felt I, I, I need to stop i need to quit now what i will say is probably when i had about eight or nine kilometers to go i was struggling and i remember I remember saying this, and laughing at myself, I said this out loud, Ricky, you're about to learn a lot about yourself. Because I knew I had to go past the start-finish line. 
I knew my big mate Rory had, shout out to Rory by the way for coming over from Dublin. I knew Rory was, it, this was about the four hour mark. I knew Rory was about to finish. I know his time's about 4.10, 4.15, you know, it's his fifth marathon. He's, he's kind of used to it by now. Um, so I knew he was about to finish and I knew I still had another lap, another 6K to do, plus finish the lap I was already on. And it was really slow. I remember looking at my watch and it was saying like the rolling pace I was on was just over nine minutes. And I thought, no, you got to harden up. I said, Ricky, you're about to learn a lot about yourself. And from there on in, I've got the, the timestamp on the watch. Um, I averaged under seven minutes. So it was about 6.40 for the remainder of that race. Six minutes 40 per kilometers. So it's because you believe what you tell yourself. So if you're telling yourself you're sore, you're sore. If you're telling yourself you're cold, you're cold. If you're telling yourself you're hot, you're hot. If you're telling yourself you're stupid, you're stupid. If you're telling yourself whatever it might be, you start believe it so you've got to be really really aware of where you are and what your environment is and tell yourself what you need not what you want there's no point telling yourself what you want to hear when it's not going to move you forward so i needed to tell myself i needed to learn things about myself i needed to feel that hardship i needed to tell myself basically to harden up get a little bit aggressive stop being nice there was no instagram at that point of the day there was no smiling when i walked when i ran past the start finish line i saw my friends again i barely even looked at them it was head down i was grinding through it, it kind of got to the point i wasn't even running anymore i was just leaning forwards and my legs i was relying on my legs to catch me um so be aware of what you need, not what you want. And what you tell yourself, you start to believe. That's why gratitude journals are so popular right now. If you if you start the day uh, with talking about just to yourself, writing it down, what you're grateful for, you'll start to reprogram your brain and how you think. If you turn around to your, your loved ones, your inner circle, just randomly throughout the day and just tell them what you're grateful for, I guarantee you, it'll start to reprogram your brain. This is all Mel Robbins stuff. Um, you should definitely go and check that out. Really, really useful stuff. Uh, next one, landmarks and pacemakers. So um, I'm big into the one thing, you know, what's the one thing you need to do every day that makes the day a success? So if nothing else is done, the day is still a success. What's the big thing you need to do by the end of the week? What's the thing you need to do by the end of the month that all lines up to the same goal? So if I want to, if I want to be able to run to, uh, a 100 mile race by the end of the year well it makes sense that by the six month mark i can run a 50 mile race by the three month mark i can run a 25 mile race and so on and so forth so maybe by the end of the week i need to be able to run a mile so by the end of the day maybe it just means you know what i need to buy trainers because it all lines up to that end goal so why is this relevant because when you're doing the race the run you're going to have people all around you you're going to have landmarks all around you and it's so my one thing for the day was completing the race my one thing is running 42 kilometers so you'll have and it was seven laps so my one thing was complete seven laps but it wasn't my one thing was complete the next lap but it wasn't my one thing was you know stay with pace with the person i can see in the distance you know whether that's five meters in front of me or 50 meters don't let that grab gap grow that's my one thing my one thing is take on water my one thing is the next step my one thing is lift from my knees rather than sorry run from the hip flexors so my knees are coming up rather than running from my calves and my achilles 
What's the one thing that moves you forward? So you can use landmarks for that. Okay, I'll just get to that tree. I'll just get to, because um, of where we were in the lake, um, there was like boathouses all the way around it. It was a stunning place. If you haven't been to Strathclyde before, I would recommend it. Sounds cool just saying that. <laughs> Do wrap up. Strathclyde. Like there's nothing warm in that, in that word. Strathclyde. That is a cool word. So it was like, get to the next landmark. That is the one thing that will help me complete this lap. Get the next landmark. Okay, what's next? The next landmark. Okay, who's in front of me? Keep up with him. Keep up with her. Have a conversation. Whatever it might be, what's the one thing? You've heard me say that before in podcasts. Absolutely love that kind of mantra for life. Time we on. 30 minutes. Wow. Um, so this links back to the first one, pain is temporary, is I can stop at any time because it's seven laps. Now, a lot of people before this were saying, you know, this will destroy you mentally because it's just seven laps. It would be better if it was like a, a 42 kilometer, you know, route rather than a six kilometer circuit, um, which I, I don't have a problem with. I don't have a issue with doing laps. Um, it's probably because of how I've been brought up with my training my whole life, i.e. swimming pools or, you know, football because you're always you know within the pitch so you're doing your training within a pitch so it's laps of a pitch shuttles of a pitch um you know same with the pool obviously in the pool so i've never had a problem with that but there was that kind of you can start it's really really safe from that point of view you can stop anytime because it's seven laps six kilometers per lap so you know exactly where you are every time um but it comes back to that quitting scenario is you can make an excuse for stopping after five laps and you could have people believe that excuse. You could even believe that excuse yourself for a while, but the bottom line is you're just telling yourself a story. So it's what you tell yourself you believe. Pain is temporary. Quitting lasts forever. Next one. The finish. Let me talk to you about the finish and the sense of underwhelm I had at the finish. This marathon was part of the process. The end goal is the Ironman. So I was asked this question on social media recently is, you know, how can I pluck up the courage to, you know, run a half marathon? So I replied, book a marathon. And then the half marathon will seem minuscule in comparison. And I genuinely believe that. So the Ironman scares me. The Ironman I know is going to hurt so much. I know... Actually, I don't know what it's going to take, and that's probably a little bit scary and a little bit nice to live in a kind of a little bit of ignorance with that. I know it's going to hurt, and I don't know how much it's going to hurt. So therefore, this marathon was kind of like, well, well, I need to go and tick that box. So when I finished the marathon, like I've, you've seen it on TV, you've seen when people finish, you know, the bigger marathons, the Londons, the Edinburghs, New Yorks, so although Belfast into that. Like there's tears at the end. I've had clients finish the Belfast Marathon before, and like they just broke down at the end. You know, crying with their families. Their families are crying as well because it is such a big achievement. And I am not taking anything away from that. I think anyone who completes a marathon, for whatever the reason, it is a massive achievement. You know, it's forty two kilometers. I actually, worked this out because um, my watch told me it was over forty seven thousand steps <laughs> according to my watch. Um, like, it's a massive, massive deal. I felt a distinct 
at the end, you know, all my friends, my friends who have mentioned Emma, Brownie, Megan, Rory had finished at that point. And they were all chuffed and all dead delighted. And I remember just thinking, enjoying the pain that I was in, thinking, right, that's the box ticked. That's the marathon done. There was no celebration for me. There was no tears. There was no emotion. I felt emotional after the swim. I'll be very honest with you. After the, the 10K swim that I did, there was tears. And, you know, I did a video straight away and I sent it to Lindsay. Um, but for the marathon, it was kind of like, okay, what's next? And even in the few days after and speaking to people, yes, I spoke a lot about the marathon from, from, from excitement. Yes, it's been done. You know, I'm speaking about it now. But it's that this is part of the process. This, this, there's no congratulations yet. There's no success yet. There's no, oh, look at me. I've just done a marathon. Is this, this is part of my process. Maybe your process is you want to complete uh, a marathon. So this could be your, the first time you complete a 5K and people congratulate it for it. Well, it's, it's irrelevant because, you know, save the congratulations, save the, you know, <laughs> save the emotions for when we all finish the marathon together and we can celebrate it properly then. Um, so I, I'm proud that I've done it. I'm so grateful for people who turned up, but I want to be very, very clear to people. When you have your eyes on the big goal, the process is just as important. And I really, really enjoyed the weekend. And if you set your small goals, your small one things as you go through it. It's a tick box exercise. All I've done is ticked off that run. Now you'll enjoy this next one. Um, in the So this is two days after the, the run. I have doms in the weirdest of places. <laughs> for those that don't know what doms are, it's the um, affectionate term used for that little bit of soreness you get after a, a workout. So it's basically you get micro tears in your muscle fibers and that obviously hurts, that causes damage. And then the training effect is those muscle fibers knitting together again, stronger, bigger um, for, the, for the next workout. And I, I tell you what, I have DOMs in the weirdest places. I've got them in the, the places you would expect. So calves, um, hamstrings, quads, they're where you would expect. My lower back was sore. Because I'd done a little bit of running before, where I said in those half marathons, my biceps got really, really sore. But see now, they're absolute agony. It's like I've had the biggest bicep workout of my life. And it's from keeping my arms at more or less 90 degrees for the, the, the five hours that I was running, four hours, 52 minutes. Like it is, they are so sore. They are the sorest part of my body. And also my upper back, like my traps and my rhomboids. And again, it's just from that upright position. It's just from that up and down kind of motion. My, my scapulas would have been moving. So yeah, that, that's, that's been a weird one. I've got pain in the places you'd expect, but I have the most incredible soreness in my biceps, especially my right bicep and right in between my shoulder blades. So, um, I don't, I don't know if uh, you can relate to that, but that's that's a learning I have definitely had. <laughs> right, I'm going to go off on one now. Um, next one, luck means nothing. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Um, so I, I got this, I'm, I sent an email about this, um, so I'm, I'm kind of just going to directly quote the email and then go off in one place. So the amount of messages I got that was good luck, Ricky, you know, this phrase, 
I must have received that four or five dozen times on the Sunday before the marathon and the day before. And you know, luck won't get you around the marathon. It's 47,000 steps, it's 26 miles, it's 42 kilometers, it's seven laps of a six kilometer loop on a cold morning in Strathclyde. It was minus two. Minus two. Luck didn't get me around that. Luck won't get you around the marathon. It didn't get me around the swim. It won't give you a good day at work. It won't help you in the gym. Luck isn't a thing. Luck is preparation meets opportunity. I appreciate the messages. I really, really do. I know what you mean. Um, but when it comes down to it, preparation meets opportunity. I've taught all the group fitness classes. I've done the few runs prior. I had good sleep. I ate well. And all I had to do that day was start running and not fucking stop. Um, running around at the 7k mark, 27k mark, wishing for good luck is not a thing. I was searching for the hardship. I wanted to feel the pain. I wanted to push my body into my mind. I wanted to lean into discomfort. That's when we grow. It's personal to every person, individual person on why you want to grow and what that growing process is. I'm, I'm going to repeat again, nobody is better or worse than anyone else for completing a 5k or a marathon or an ultra marathon. Nobody is better or worse than anyone else because you've got certain qualifications. It's, it's the why for you and it's how you want to grow. You know, I'm 92 kilometers. Sorry, I'm 92 kilometers. I'm 92 uh, kilograms. Um... You know, I haven't ran all year due to knee injuries. I'm not a runner. I don't enjoy it. As I've said, I didn't get that euphoric feeling for completing it. As I said, I felt the pain. I liked that. I was quiet when my friends were there. I was hurt. I loved it. And I just, I want to pause there. I want to shout out to Bryony for how she looked after me after the race. Because, you know, obviously Ricky Long's Ricky Long. And, you know, I, I like a laugh and a joke. And, you know, you, you kind of... When you're in your circle of friends, everybody will be laughing and joking. When I'm in my circle of friends and I'm one of the, the jokers with my sarcastic comments, etc., etc. And it was all laughs and jokes at the end. But I was struggling. was finding it hard to walk. Um, and it was Bryony actually switched from she realised where I was physically and mentally. And Bryony started to look after me. And it was just wee things that she walked slower beside me than anyone else. She insisted I put my hand on her shoulder just for that little bit of support she pressed the button for the lift for me rather than making me go up the stairs and she got me the best thing in the world after that which was a cup of tea with four sugars I don't recommend four sugars <laughs> um, but anyway thank you very very much Brianny that was noticed and appreciated not just by me but by a few other people um, back to luck luck means nothing and you know what I'm not saying go run the marathon. I'm not saying what discomfort you need to lean into. I'm saying leaning into discomfort helps you grow. Luck does not help you grow. Maybe it's a work-based thing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's setting your phone down more so as you can have those proper conversations with your family, your kids, whatever it is. You know, I, I see you. I hear you. Find your hardship. Find your growth. Luck means nothing unless you're prepared for the opportunity. When that dream job comes up and you're ready to apply for it, that is not luck. That's because you've spent the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years studying for it. When that perfect guy or girl walks into the club and asks you out and you're free, single and ready to mingle, <laughs> that isn't luck. You've been preparing for that your whole life. 
you know, it's not luck that you decided to go there that night. You've been preparing for that opportunity. Luck is not a thing. It's when preparation meets opportunity. You rely on luck and you'll get nothing. Um, I've, I've two more to go. And the, this last one's um, a, a little life lesson. I have written this down. 180 minute podcasts. Lol. <laughs> so when I'm running, uh, you weren't meant to have headphones, but you know most people did have headphones. Um, I I like podcasts when I'm running rather than music. Now if I'm training hard, like hit training, definitely yes, I I want music. So I had a couple of Joe Rogan podcasts lined up, um, and I deliberately chose a three hour podcast and a two hour podcast, so a hundred eighty minute podcast and a hundred twenty minute podcast. So I was listening to. 180 minute podcast and I started listening to this at the two hour mark because I knew it's 180 minutes it's three hours by the end of this podcast whenever that might be I will have finished the marathon or be pretty damn close so I wanted to get under five hours did it four hours 53 I think I've already said that um now what I didn't realize is or just didn't take into consideration because I was focused on my preparation for the whole week. I, I listen to my podcasts on at least one and a half, sometimes two times. So I was listening to this on two times the speed. So instead of this podcast lasting 180 minutes, this podcast lasted 90 minutes or an hour and a half. So when this podcast finished, I thought, whoa. I've just done three hours. Let's look at my watch. It'll probably say about 40 kilometers at this point. And I remember looking at my watch and it said 31 kilometers. That was absolutely devastating. And I couldn't work it out because I wasn't cohesive at that moment. I wasn't thinking straight. And then that's when it dawned on me. It's because I have it on double speed. <laughs> so I, I guess... I guess my learnings for that one is when you're doing your prep, when you're doing your your event itself, is you're going to make like quite you're going to make mistakes you wouldn't normally mistake because your mind's going to be on other things, more important things. You know, listen to a podcast isn't important when you're doing a run like this. Listen to music isn't important because it's the run that is important. It's the swim is important. It's the bike is important. Um, you know. It, so it's the smaller details don't actually, it's very easy to skip the small details because the big details matter more. Um, but the small details, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> I will have my podcast lined up better. Um, I know Rory, he was running, he likes uh, music and playlists. So he has his playlists and he knows when he's kicking his playlists in. So I think he'll, he's probably better explain this. He, he likes to do the first hour or so, just himself, just his thoughts. And then he has pod, um, music depending on how he's feeling. So around probably the, the 20 mile mark, he likes to have um, the, the band, the Coronas on it. Because it gets him through it, it brings him back to an emotional place where he was happy and it's good music and you know music does and music has been proven to help you go for longer when you when you're training. So you could do that when you're running as well. You probably have your favorite song for when you're in the gym and you're training hard. You know, mine's Eminem. Um Lose Yourself. I love that. You know, if that song goes on, I save that song when I'm training for the the hard moment of my training session, whether that's some Tabata or some ball slams or 
or whatever it might be. I always save that song. I wouldn't have that song first thing in a workout. So the lesson I've learned is be a little bit more organized with the things that are going to motivate me at the right time. Uh, last one is um, just respect is, you know, twofold. This one's going to go two ways. The newfound respect I have, first of all, for myself in being able to push myself and lean into something which I fundamentally hate. Do not like running. Hate running. Um, so I now know I'm a lot more capable of a lot more things. But it's also the respect I have found. <laughs> I read this quote last week, actually, and it was, you know you're a runner when you see other people running and you're a little bit jealous. I was like, oh, I've got that little bit more respect for runners now just out on a cold Monday night doing their thing, having a run down, you know, whatever road it is and it's cold and it's wet and it's just that little bit more respect. It's like, I know what you're going through. Um, it's not my thing, but if it's your thing, I absolutely love that. And I know I've said on numerous points in this podcast, I'm not a runner and I hate running. Well, guess what? We can all do the things that we hate. We can all lean into it. Humans, as, as a species, humans are designed to run. Humans are designed to hunt and kill. So I'm not saying go out and run your marathon. What I'm saying is lean into discomfort, whatever that might be. What is your marathon? What is your discomfort that's going to help you grow in life? Ramblings of the Ricky Long podcast, first podcast I have done in a month, first podcast I have done since I became a marathon runner, and the 61st podcast I have done in total. Thank you very much, Putting for Sport, for continuing to support the Ricky Long podcast and my running adventures, including kicking me out with the best trainers for the job. I will butcher the title of the trainers that I wore Hoka Arihais? Like, they're a good power trainer, but wow, I struggle to say that name. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for Lisa and Craig from Podium for Sport. Always looking after me. Guys, Rick Long Podcast done. Leave a review on iTunes if you can, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you very much. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.